What's going on, everyone, and welcome hey. to another episode of Carbonite Bounty BS. Um, yeah, Hi, guys, world. Uh, <laughs> what a what an interesting night, man. We got a for everybody. We have a we had a double treat. So yeah. um, we had a double treat from Star Wars. So in turn for you guys, we'll have a double feature for you guys as well. So we'll be breaking up today. We'll keep it on as usual. So we'll be doing our episode eight review of Andor, and we're also going to be sprinkling in for you guys uh, for those who've seen it or haven't watched it yet. Go out and check out that um, those Star Wars tales, those Jedi tales. They're very very interesting, and and I can't wait to hear everybody's reaction on those. Um, but before we even get started in any of that stuff, let's let our guy DP let you guys know where to find us at. Nerdsidecopedia.com, people. Make sure that you are checking that website where you get all our um, social media platform handles, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and also on TikTok. We're at Nerdsidecopedia. Also, make sure that you're listening to our podcast. Uh, we are on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast, we are there. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. Make sure that you hit that notification button so anytime that we're on, you know that we're on. Um, if you're on Facebook, um, join our Combernite Bounty BS, a Star Wars group where we're talking about everything Star Wars, leaving feedback and all that good stuff. And then speaking of leaving feedback, nerds at nerdsecretypedia.com, people. Make sure that you are going on and emailing us and leaving us your feed, favorite feedbacks about everything that we talk about. Good stuff, good stuff. And yeah, I mean, you know, we're at the back half of this and, you know, like we discussed off camera, I mean, we're at hour eight of this 12-hour movie and, you know, I, I have nothing bad to say about it. So I'm not even going to give you guys a reaction about, you know, this episode. It's really like just keeping pace and it's following suit for me. So I really can't say anything I haven't already said. It's phenomenal. I'm enjoying it. And uh, let's, let's go nine for nine. Uh, what yeah. about you, Ken? Uh, like this episode a lot. Um, you're, we're really starting to see the underbelly of the empire, like the inner workings. We're starting to see their, their ability to control and their um, their thirst to control and the I mean just just the prison I mean the empire knows how to do a prison like when you go there you know you're getting punished like to the point where the dude killed himself because he couldn't take it anymore and he killed himself and threw himself on the hot floor like and I like they're getting like just just real with it like the, you know they're not messing around with weird space terms like it's a hot floor don't step on it you see the red lights you're dead you know um and the empire's willingness to to do that to drive a person without any care or emotion to kill themselves um i liked seeing the finally the, like the big the big dinner mon mothma's big dinner and hearing a little bit about how how palpatine is really regarded like they can't figure him out because they they actually the, a lot of the senators seem to me the conversations that were going on seem to me that they think he's a loose wheel like like he's he, we don't really know what where he's going to do but his main objective is to you know to protect order and protect the public so that's what they think palpatine is the emperor is supposed to do that's his charge so that was interesting to hear that actually come out of somebody's mouth because we know different. We know that's not what he cares about in any way, shape or form, but he's doing such a damn good job of, of spoofing everybody. These dignitaries who are educated and come from good families and, 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 a, and a background. That was cool. Um, our poor corporate police officer, where's he going to end up? Is he going to work with, 
the the uh, the IB, I, ISB? Is he going to be a, an agent for them? I mean, I thought that was really cool. But all the cool stuff in this episode, all I want to know is what the hell were they building? What is the thing that they were that that Cassian is building, and can he maybe not tighten a bolt to sixty four foot pounds? And make a failure for the Empire, like on every one of these things. You know, I mean, it, my head was just spinning. I watched that scene over and over again, see if I could figure out what that part was, but couldn't find anything on the internet anyway. But great episode. Like you said, T Mitch, it's moving right along, it's flowing real nice. There's nothing it's it, it, that we're missing. So it's great. Can't wait for number nine. What about you, Hitch? Man, I <clears throat> this show is always doing something different, and it's going in a direction you don't expect. And every single time they've done it, it's landed, which is really a testament to how they've written this character and how they've decided to plot this stuff out. It's this is a, a new environment. We've never been inside a actual imperial like factory prison. We've been inside a detention facility before, but we've never been inside an actual like, you know. <clears throat> labor camp like a gulag this is an imperial gulag ladies and gentlemen uh it's it's part of their of the empire's in military industrial complex they have all this forced labor they're talking about how they're being kept longer and longer they doubled everybody's days right because they have a day countdown 12 hours on 12 hours off three squares a day and sometimes you get a flavor if you win so Honestly, I, I don't know. Is it is it really that bad? Is the Emperor really being that bad? I mean, sure. Yeah, you lose, you get fried. I get it. You know, maybe that's not super progressive. But, it, I mean, is the Emperor wrong to do this? I mean, between you and me, those Separatists were blowing a lot of stuff up. And ever since Darth Vader took care of those Separatists, as it happened. So, I don't know. Maybe Palpatine's onto something. Anyway, uh, no, th this episode was just great, and every in every direction they're going, you know, they're, like they're chasing each, they're chasing their own tails, um, uh, you know, looking after uh, Marva, and it's it's just so interesting how you have like all this all this um, all these plots colliding uh, at Andor, right? And Andor is just safely lifted out of the of the plot. Is <laughs> <laughs> tourist. He's a tourist. Yeah. Right, and it's and it's totally believable that this would happen. It's totally believable that that a bureaucracy of this size would have the the exact person they were looking for already in custody, the one place they would never look for them. Uh, mm -hmm. And and I just think that's such an interesting plot twist. I thought that the difference in brutality between uh, the guards in the prison and uh, Andy Circus, you know, Andy here was, uh, you know really really great and i thought that the way that he was managing them was really interesting i have he kind of reminded me of some bosses i've had uh down down mm -hmm. on the line over time so uh we got a forest whitaker appearance uh with saw gara i mean this episode had a lot of movement to it even though it was quote unquote filler uh, i was saying this off off mic this whole piece reminds me of like if you're playing like a grand theft auto and there's like a rhythm game right in the middle of it where you have to like, you know, it's like a real, it would be like some real simple rhythm game, like where you have to bounce your car around and like, you'd, you'd be like, I could be doing all these missions that are important to the plot. And then you're like, 
I'm going to bounce my car around. Like you just keep going, going back to that one thing. And it seems like that's kind of what, what's happening here when they need to, uh, to put Cassie on the ice. So I really like this episode a lot, but uh, you know, I can, you know, I'm enjoying it and I can't wait for next week, frankly. Um, I can't wait to watch all these episodes over again, you know, because I, it's, 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 it's a kin out of kin for me, you know, eight out of eight, you know, I mean, we're just like on that roll. Um, as Hitch was talking about, you know, and um, Ken was talking about, we're we're at checkoffs, um, checkoffs parts, you know. <laughs> so whatever they're building in the prison, we're going to see at some point. Yep. At some I, point, we're wishing, you know. Um, I've always wondered, like watching the Star Wars movies, how do they build such big toys, and how do they get it all together and everything, and who does this? You know how how does it get made and you know all, all who who just does all this? So now we're seeing like you know uh, the labor portion you know of it, and it's just fascinating how how they go about that and how they go about capturing their you know the, how the empire goes about getting their 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 labor camp together and like you know hit sand it's, it's a gulag it's it's a tragedy it's it's just crazy and it's it's a sad thing to see. I mean, I guess entertaining on TV you know, to see, but it's, you know, just, just, just looking at it at on the surface of it, it's, it's just sad, you know? Um, and, you know, as Hitch was talking about with the, the storylines converging and everything, um, lifting um, Cassie and conveniently out of the plot and just having everybody coming out um, um, for him and everything. And he's right in their possession. I mean, the Gilroy brothers, they're just like, they're doing their thing, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, props, stop, props to the writing team and, you know, everybody who's who's going all out trying to make this world feel full, feel more detailed. I love the attention to, like, the detail on everything that we're seeing, like, on screen, you know. It was sort of, like, sort of jarring to go back to, um, was it Canari? No, not not, not Canari, but um, uh, back to where we, we seen Cassie in, in from in the beginning. What was the, what's the planet? What's the planet name? Like that we practice uh, that, that that Binks is on. No. Um, okay, uh, Annex, right? Huh? Is that is that the name of it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where they? Yeah. Where it, they... Yeah. It was, it was kind of jarring to see that planet because after it all seeing like you know the the gulag, you know him, you know going to prison, and everything for them to go back to that I was like, okay, I don't know, you know where where's this going? And then we see like you know the other players from um. You know, um, um, from the you know from the heist, you know, we see Arvell and um, you know, um, her girlfriend and everything. You know, you know, just just track trying to track down Andor and stuff. Um, so I like that. You know how the plots, like you know, like Hitch said, was was you know conversion and everything. I love like the uniforms, like the um, the the thing that um he, that that he did to 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 shot the um the mm. prisoners and everything into making you know making them aware that that was just level one <laughs> you don't want to go up the other two levels you know um so don't let it get to that point um they and and, and um andor's just take it was a lot to take in taking all that in he went from you know laying up with some female and everything to being a prisoner to having his life just taken just like that you know all his rights and everything just taken just like that you know um and what what can he do? What can he do? You know, and I think we're starting to see like um whatever they're building, we're seeing them build, but we're seeing like the the I guess we're meeting the, the crew 
that I think is eventually going to end up getting out of prison. I don't know. You know, maybe, you know, we're, we're going to see a prison break at some point. We yeah. we're get, we yeah. got the introduction. We got a heist. Now we're going to see a prison break at some point. So I'm excited to see how that's going to go down. So um, props to the Gilroy's. I, I, I love this episode. Like I said, Ken out of Ken, eight out of eight for me so far. When, when they were in the transportation, when they were in the, uh, uh, I don't know what you'd call them, but the, the, the tubes that they were moving from job to home, the, they, they were sending signals. They were doing, they were doing sign language through. So something's going to happen, DP, there's going to be a break, but it's not going to be that team. It's not going to be table five. Okay. 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 It's going to be several prisoners on multiple levels that have intel on certain points of weakness let's say that they've been able to right. figure out yeah i mean we saw this in uh escape from alcatraz we saw this same thing where the guys would pass when they were going to uh get food or you know going to get a shower or whatever they would pass signals that certain things were available like uh a certain hallway was available. Guards were cleared at a certain time and they would send a certain signal. So, I mean, that, that alone, that was intriguing because that was going on between, I don't know how, maybe these things were a quarter mile apart and they were doing these sign language, this very complex sign language so that they were able to get these signals across. So there's already an infrastructure of rebellion within the empire right now, which I thought was super cool. Um, yeah, there you go. You know, <laughs> they have to bleed from the inside first, and they have to squeeze so tightly on the outside that they hemorrhage on the inside. And that's what that's what Luthen is saying that that, that 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 he wants oppression. He wants innocence to die because that's how you build rebellion. That's how you make people angry enough to give their lives. I, I can see his logic. It's just sad that it has to go down. I, did, I, did I ever tell you guys that I hate the Empire? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you hate them? <laughs> I, I, I just don't like these guys. I mean, you know, um, it's it's so sad that, you know, it has to come to that point where I, I, I love how, how he keeps just hammering that point, you know, home. Squeeze them. You know, make them, mm-hmm. make them, you know, fight, make them, um, make the um, empire, you know, um, um, be more aggressive and everything because it's going to make the people rise up, the oppressed people rise up and actually rebel to take this thing down. I mean, he's pretty much the only one that's seeing like, you know, the full forest, you know, after the trees and everything, if you want to call it. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we'll get our boy Luke saving the whole day and everything. So this is all a setup. It is crazy. It's, I, I'm, lo- I'm loving it. You know, it's it's it struck me at a certain point that, you know, especially when those guys walked in with their designer Jordans, uh, <laughs> safety Jordans, uh, <laughs> safety Jordans, going generation six. But it, it struck me that they could de- probably get results here without the need for all this, you know, senseless human misery. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, not for nothing, but Star Wars Episode Two, for all its flaws did show us that you can have a very effective military industrial complex in this universe without the need for basically anybody. You can just set up an assembly line and it'll do it. So what's the purpose of taking these people off the streets on, on trumped up charges, right? On just trash 
throwing him in jail and making him work. Well, I'll tell you what the purpose is. It's because the empire, the emperor is a Sith Lord. And when everybody's miserable, he's more powerful. He has more ability to make people do stuff. It's one of these insidious things about, about uh, the empire is that they could probably have gotten things done in a lot more of a simple way, but they've decided to choose slave labor and forced like penal servitude labor, right? That's what they're choosing here. Instead of, there's no cost. They don't have to pay anybody. But they gotta feed them. They have to actually feed them. They yeah. have droids in this universe that can that can build things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, evil is as evil does. They can't help themselves. That's just Optional. what they do. Optional suffering, and that and my thing is, Palpatine's dedication to not just getting every ounce of production, but every ounce of suffering. Yes. Like you could, you're telling me the Emperor can't afford six times the flavor for these guys to just take flavor away from the worst people. That's all they'd have to change. That's that, all they'd have to change. And it would be was, like one tenth as miserable great. for them. That was great. That was like hunger games. Like they, right. they got a little bit of like a uh, big brother in there. They were like, uh, uh, they were all the have nots. Okay. If you're a have not for the week, you get food, but there's no flavor, but you can win this competition and we'll give you a little bit of flavor. That was <laughs> that I mean, that was uh, brilliant. Yeah. It was a brilliant way to spin the slave labor part. Um, and evictions are a lot more metal at the uh, Imperial yeah. Prison than they are in Big Brother, for sure, right? And really permanent. I mean, when you're evicted from an uh, Imperial Prison, you're you're evicted. Like, <laughs> There's no battle back. You definitely don't get. You don't get a battle back for the journey. No, nope, you don't get a battle back. You don't get to like compete in some like uh, you know competition. Like you're done. Yeah, it was the way they structured all the the sevens. Like, there's so many weird, like weird little intricacies of of how they have like, uh, it's not fifty guys, it's forty nine. Like, that's such a weird thing. It's just such a weird setup, right? On that one floor, you mean, right? The one room. Yeah, it's forty. It's fifty total, so it's seven, seven, seven. It's forty. You know what I mean? It's forty nine, which is seven, seven squared. You know, for the most part. If you know your. Math, math. It was it was fun to see Andy Circus. I was yes. shocked seeing him. You know, yeah. I was not expecting that. I was like, okay, okay, okay. I could, I, I'd love Andy. You know, do your thing. And anytime he's on screen, when he was in Black Panther and even in um um Avengers and stuff, you know, I mean, he's he is a presence whenever he's on screen and everything. Uh-huh, you know, yeah. so seeing him in this in this element and everything, it was fit right. He he just fit right in. Bell, the boss, you know, prison boss. You know, um, commanded everyone and everything. Just regular boss. I don't want to. When I when I say that I have had managers that remind me of this guy, I don't mean like directly, right? Like that. I don't feel like I would actually. There's. I have many managers that would actually like you know try to grab me up. But maybe some. Maybe some. Maybe some. But I know you know as somebody who's worked in the sales industry, there are certain times when you know uh, management gets a little bit uh, insistent about uh, turning in. Uh, sales <laughs> and they will come and they will say hey you know your table not as protective as the other tables and i'm 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 sure there are some who if they could deliver a shock may so you know uh so i guess thank you to all of our bosses that haven't delivered those electric shocks to us when we haven't produced hey. so thank you so much for the uh for the mercy you, you don't want to get, get ready though <laughs> they're really thinking about it i'm telling you yeah, they're thinking about it right now they just watched this episode like you know what 
We, we, yeah, I gotta make sure not. I gotta make sure not to get more production out of these idiots. <laughs> yeah, I think I, we should do that. You know, that's Steel City. He's got something to say. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's take him up on that. I I talk about the show a little bit at work, so that so people know about it. But I don't know if I want to talk about this episode <laughs> at work. Right? I don't want to give this guy any ideas. ideas right? Oh. It's like, well, my worst psychological fear. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you don't want you don't want to. But I love no. that, that it's objectively hopeless for no reason. Like it's pointlessly hopeless. Like there's no reason to to do this. Like they could uh, like this. Like they're they're tightening you know bolts. They're doing mechanical processes. The fact that it's rep- repetitive means that it could be done by an assembly line. It could be done by a fabricating machine. And right. I'll say this: you know, you guys know, you know, those of you who have read the books. I know Team Mitch, you've read a lot of these novels too. They have those world building machines on Coruscant yeah. where they just basically crap out apartment complexes and just keep moving so this stuff exists in this universe they're doing it on purpose and listen it's something that's been said in our timeline too the cruelty is the point mm. it's, like a, it's like a uh, an electric version of like a, of a, like a, well I, I, I think when, when, if you get to the point where you're making a death star to destroy <laughs> I mean, so and that and that's what I was thinking. That part, you know, thinking about it, you know what that part looks like? A giant Lego piece, yeah. but it's a connector, and it had what six prongs to it. So that could very easily be an outside exoskeleton piece of a Death Star. But you'd have hundreds of thousands of these to create like one quadrant of Death Star, and you'd use these, you know. Um, uh, st- whatever steel they have beams plugged into those connectors into another connector, like uh, not Lego. I'm thinking connectics. Oh, the connects, yeah, connects, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm talking about, like that piece, yeah. like that, yeah. You'd you'd connect those pieces in. So now, yes, they are building the infrastructure for the Death Star. That would be so Star. dope. Oh my goodness, if that's the through line to like you know all leading all the way up to row one. They're slowly building the Death Star. They're slowly building, building the thing they're going to try to destroy. Wow. Mm. And the well, fact that Andor is in on both ends, right? right. Uh, he's, yeah. he's at the very beginning and he's at the very end of the story of the Death Star. Uh, Great pickup, Ken. <laughs> I just think, I just think, like, you know, you can build a military industrial complex without the need for wide, you know, for large yeah. scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you don't need to do that. My question is what happens, and I love that this this episode more than any other episode satisfied one one thing that I've been complaining about, which is that it's all humans, right? This one makes sense. Get it yeah. done, right? The, the aliens are on their own planet doing their own alien specific tortures, right? That's fine with me. That's gonna they have different senses, so they would have different motivators. Uh, that's cool. So this this really answered that question and shut me up, and I like. And, and there's different aliens. Like I don't recognize any of the. Like the non-human, you know, species. Like basically, in, in at the party, I mean, yeah. as the camera panned around. I didn't recognize any of them, which was weird because normally, in a, you know, I don't know every piece of the u- the universe. Like you know, T. Mitch or Steel City. Oh, I'm far from that. Come on, I'm far from that. I'm far from that. Well, I'm just like I saw no um, no hammerheads, no um, no Twilics. No, you know what I mean? They were like weird. Like there was the one, the one thing with like tusks that sort of came out from the lower mouth. Like what, what's that? Like, who's that? There were no, there, 
I mean, Jar Jar wasn't there. Shouldn't Jar Jar be there? I'm thinking Jar Jar was probably thrown off a building shortly after the events of episode uh, episode three. <laughs> I'm I'm assuming we're going to see that. I haven't. I mean, oh, we are not talking about it, but Tales of the Jedi may have that scene in it. We'll oh, see. Maybe they have the sequence where Jar Jar's like run over by a Trade Federation tank <laughs> by his mother. What if it's what if it's uh what if it's Obi Wan coming back to course? Hello, hello. Hello, I forgot to do this last time I was here. <laughs> but you know, if you were if you were doing, <clears throat> let's assume there is a counter purge at the end of the Empire, right? If you're doing recriminations, if you're doing a war crimes trial, is there any criminal greater in the Star Wars universe than perhaps Jar Jar Binks, who is the one who actually initiated the motion to give Palpatine the power in the first place? I'm just saying, if I'm in charge of the New Republic's, you know, retribution and reconciliation tribunal, Jar Jar Binks is getting the axe, baby. I'm sending Jar Jar Binks to the tumblers. That's how it's gonna go. Let's trace it back to where it started. <laughs> Gun Gun City. And let me let me tell you another thing about Gun Guns. Like, oh, no, we don't have to do that. Anyway. You know what my favorite character on the show is slightly becoming though? I, I'm kind of liking Deidre. Oh, yeah, she's awesome. She, she, she's really, like, really taking that role on as being, I guess, second in command, basically, now, you know? She's on the planet, as we see the episode ending, she's doing full-fledged interrogation, and this is almost like we talk about the current times. I mean, these are, like, you know, real, you know, yeah. almost, you know, war-type interrogations. I mean, they had them in a chair. I was... As, as some sort of washboarding or something, you know, they yeah. had straps and machinery there. So mind probing of some sort or something, but oh man, I mean, like, I'm you know, probably. I was hoping when I first, we first seen her, I was like, is she like a double agent or something? Cause she was kind of weird. And now she's like full fledged, like, hmm. you know, no, she, Hydra. They, they, they gave her a little power. She's like, you know, I'm, I'm she's full like, on now. You know, want to pass her all the way to the galaxy. The whole bar, you know, shoot. <laughs> My my thing with um my thing with these with these interrogation scenes is is I think a lot about the context of the prequel trilogy, right? And what would what would all of this feel like if it came out in like 2005, right, or 2004? Uh, and I and I think in some ways, you know, just because everything we do in fiction is sort of an answer to to something that happens in reality, this is thinking about the war on terror. And I'll say as as somebody who was in you know. It, in college on a, on like sort of a philosophy study course in the immediate, in that time frame, I'll say that this is something that came up all the time from, from freshmen in different classes that I was in where they, they'd say something like, well, would you torture a terrorist to get information? You need to save a bunch of people, right? It's okay. I mean, it was just a very, very common thing that, that, you know, people would say in ethics classes just to kind of, you know, the, the, the question is utilitarianism versus um, the other one. And I'm not, I don't want to get into it because I'm out of practice. But the point, the point I want to make here is that sometimes people think that the ends justify the means. And we hear that argument voiced at, at multiple places here. And what we find is there's no, the, the ends don't justify the means. We see that at, on where the, where the boot heel meets the ground, right? And when we really get to it, all of that stuff, that coercion is unnecessary. Hmm. You don't need any of that stuff. Well, it, you talking about you know the ends justifying the means and everything. Let's speak about Luther. You know, mm. he's the ultimate one. You know, we got to do this. The ends justify the means. People have to, in order for this thing to 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 jump off. You know, people are going to die. People are going to be you know, 
it's going to be it's going to have to be sacrificed. So on his on his end, the end is justifying the means and stuff, you know. So I mean, it's an interesting thing. And for him, like, okay, the Empire is calling him Axis, so we don't really know what his what his deal is. Like, he could be looking at this like, you know what? I see the I see the Empire as being this big failed system. You know, this is not going to work. The more you crush people, the more they're going to fight back. So I want to get in. I want to get ahead of the game. And I want to be on the, the winning side because I'm a, he, he might be looking at this monetarily, maybe politically. Maybe he's, I, you know, they haven't really given me a, a sense of what his motivation is to take this risk. I 100% agree. Is he ultimate yeah. good? Is he doing this out of the goodness of his heart or or is he is he a capitalist? Hmm. Is he looking at taking the a, a gain from actually whoever wins? Where he is right now, that's why he's considered an axis. He doesn't he could go either way. He could be bought, he could be sold. Um but I think that uh, he's sort of the the gray the gray component of this whole thing. Cause you know, I don't really know what his, I don't think he's a good guy. I don't think he's a bad guy right well, now. Well, well Saul Guerrero asked that question in the episode. Yeah, I don't exactly. Know who, you are. who are you? You know, and, and we know Saul Garrett. I mean, we know Saul is true blue. Like we, that, that oh, looks great. Yeah. We know that all about him. So like, yeah. that's a, that like, if, if we ever came into conflict between having to trust Saw, or Luther, I think we'd pick Saw uh, as far as, Loyalty to the cause, not necessarily DV. We know Saw will do literally anything he has to do. He has no moral compunction against using violence or whatever he has to do against the Empire. That's what makes him pretty awesome. Yeah, man, man. No, I mean it was it was it definitely was an interesting episode. It just uh as you said, the whole Luthan piece is kind of like the the big kind of like I guess elephant you in the guys, room. Like, do you guys know what the Reichstag fire is? If I said the Reichstag fire. You guys familiar with that? All right. So after Hitler came to power in Germany, um, they the the Nazis staged a fire. They burnt the the capital essentially of of the the Weimar Republic. So where the Congress met, and they they of course being Nazis blamed, blamed somebody else. Yeah, they well, a specific type of person. Uh, so they blame Jewish people for it, and then they use it as an excuse, a pretext to pass a lot of laws uh, for security, for safety that ratcheted up the penalties for crimes and of course you know as as nazis are wont to do uh discriminated you know obviously horribly against jewish people mm -hmm. so uh well, the, anyone Reichstag... wasn't anyone that wasn't aryan wasn't necessarily yes. the jews but the i mean anybody right. if you weren't this specific type you you were a criminal so and and this is the mechanism Hitler used to take ultimate power, autocratic power in Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, it took advantage of that happening to pass autocratic measures for the reason of stopping uh, terrorist attacks like the Reichstag fire, which uh, he perpetrated. So that's what the Reichstag fire is. And my question to you is, how is this heist not, how could it, how could it not be that? Luthen could be working for the empire here because once you have unrest, you have a reason to, to clamp down on people. And if the cruelty is the point, then the whole point is creating a, a pretext to clamp down on people. And if you're winning for 20 years and you're, and you're so efficient, I mean, people are just, 
your your troops are just sitting on their ass half the time. Because why would anybody mess with you? You're not really even. I mean, you're around, but you're not doing anything to anyone. I mean, they almost had somewhat cordial relationships with the lo- with the uh, local people. Yeah. At a certain point, yeah. and that's gone because now the empire is going to basically glass everything and ruin local customs and get involved in the day to day life. So you know whether you want the empire to collapse because you want it to be unpopular, or you want the empire to have a reason to smash people just because the point is you want them to smash people because you want people to be smashed. Ultimately, you'd be acting the same way right now. Uh, that's what makes that character so super interesting. Uh, and I, I really like it. So you think, you think he's, he's playing the sides. He's kind of doing the, he's kind of doing the emperor thing. Like he's really, if you told me at the end of this process that like Darth Vader was going to come out of like, like he was going to go report to Darth Vader and give him a whole bunch of money. And be like, oh yeah, well now you know we have the reason to do this, and now this is going forward, and this is going forward, and then Palpatine came out and went and went like, no, yes, wait, I would be like, okay, I I wouldn't you know have a riot on you wouldn't have a riot on my hands, so it's ambiguous in some. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, argument sounds convincing. Ooh, yeah, I just yeah, yeah, it's hard it's hard to see what what losing as you said because he seems like he's kind of for hire, but but then you know. He's trying to form. He's trying to create a coalition with people. And as Saul said, like, I'll just buy it from you then. I don't need, you know, I, I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want to meet your people. I just want to get my things and get out. And it seems he's kind of half in. I mean, he calls a hit on Andor when he basically says he knows he needs him, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have people on a search for somebody who you trusted to do this heist. And all of a sudden, now you don't trust him anymore and you want to kill him off. I mean, and you already he've already researched and so he knows all about him. Why would you kill off somebody who can be that viable or that, you know, that pivotal to what you're trying to do moving forward if you are part of that, right? It's you, you ever see Goodfellas team Mitch? Yes. Okay. So you know after the Lufthansa heist, what happens? And they start playing the outro to Layla on the piano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's going on. Right. I mean, you gotta close those loops, especially if that guy can't be trusted. I mean, what if he starts spending his money running out to some, oh, I don't know, tropical paradise, and he gets caught and thrown into jail, and all of a sudden the Imperials have him in their clutches, and they can make him say and squeal whatever tale they want him to squeal. Right. right. But on the same end, though, you're starting to see where the, the rebellion is not really rebelling yet, because now they're having second guessing, why should we go get him? Why should we kill him? Like, what did he do? Why are we having to hit on? You know, I mean, that's that's where this is not coming together as a full it's, rebellion. I still think he's like a loose end, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, they don't know what he is yet. You know, but he's somebody... not committed to the cause right now. Like he's just he's he is actually, you know, a lot like Han Solo at the beginning of, of Star Wars, Star Wars, yeah. where he's, yeah. you know, oh, you got the money, you got the he's coin, I got the gun. You know what I mean? I'm I'm ready to go. And uh, I mean, I I don't know what could, what would radicalize you faster than some time in a forced labor camp. I, I mean, I feel like if I was, if some, you know, and I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to be weird about this, but some American politician in however long sent me to some forced labor camp, I can tell you they would not be getting my vote. Yeah. And I think they're going to eventually use his, his adopted mother as some sort of a bargaining chip of some sort, because right now we see her, she's, She's sick. Like what happened? She um, she got she drunk and out. fell over. 
She's yeah, drinking but, herself in, into the hole, isn't she? Is that what? You, did you guys get that, or am I the only one that got that from? Well, the- I don't know. She took. She went on some rampage. She like tried. She took on a, tr- a stormtrooper, like a like a gar- a garrison of some sort. And did they did they poison her or something? Something happened to her. Yeah, if she's sick, she's bait. Yeah, right. If she's yeah. Is she starting to become? little wily in the head because as they said yeah. like in late at night she, now. She, yeah she's following the garrison around and trying to plot points to um in their eyes a fictitious rebellion so that's what they kept saying they see she's watching stormtroopers walk around and follow them right and the thing is they see her too like it's not like she's in the shadows she's like walking down in daylight and watching the moves they make and they're wondering who she's reporting it to and they're like this lady's like losing it so yeah there she's gonna be there's going to be something with her and Ander and Luther. Like there's going to be, cause he's going to use him and her as some sort of a, a bargaining chip of some sort. Or, or she's going to be a dead giveaway. Like she's going to blow the whole thing up somehow. I think he's going to lose her. That's going to be his like tipping point. And just like Anakin and his mother. Yeah, he's gonna lose her. It's already set. It's already setting up for that because she's like doesn't care. You know, she's ready to. She wasn't leaving. She's willing to give her life up for this. So I think she's willing to sacrifice herself maybe for for Cassian to see that this rebellion is real and this is something that you should you know really be a part of. I mean, virtually any time you see Cassian now, his mouth is agape, just open, like right. What is going on? He can't like, believe it. He can't God, believe he's there. It's, it's, it's a lot of info information coming at him, and he's trying to process it. His mind is still probably on that beach. Like, why am I not there? You know, I'm in prison now with a hot floor in front of me. You know, um, with the potential of you know just just um, just just dying, and you know, and I have to do the, you know all this forced labor and everything, and it was just. You know the uh, Gabriel Luna just um, Diego Luna just looking and and expressing that that sense of like um, awe, you know, of like everything that's going on around him and stuff. You know, just taking all the prisoners. They know all you know a, a lot of stuff that's going on inside, trying to give him advice and you know going on that. Um, and uh, just another thing too, the attention to detail with like the food, the um, the way they shower or whatever, the way the way they is. It's it's phenomenal. I'm I'm oh, man. It's it's just it was this was a great episode <laughs> for sure. I mean, I, like I said, this is this is eight out of eight for us. I mean, I'm not, I I oh, yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to jinx it, but I don't see it slowing down. You can't wow. go eight straight. So this, so this season already basically had like an Ocean's Eleven in it, and it's right. and, and it's sort of shaping up. We know no nothing's guaranteed here, uh, but it's looking like we're gonna get a great escape in it. So, mm-hmm, right. you know, that, and that tracks. So, you know, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah. Just seeing the X-Wing at uh, Saw Gerrera. Oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't even mention that. Yeah. I was like, I, was wow. like, I know who rides an X-Wing. And I was like, oh, he's 15. <laughs> <laughs> he's only 15 at this point, man. Oh, oh man. And I'm just happy that we're carrying a story and we don't really have to hear about Jedi. I mean, that's that's a testament to in itself that we don't have to worry about the Force or, or really any of that stuff. I mean, this is one of those shows, we talked about it, can Star Wars carry itself outside of having, you know, Jedi, Sith, and the Force? And this is doing a phenomenal job of, of what it should have done. Um, and arguably with some other projects we thought should have been, right? So. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, yeah, um, pretty, pretty definitely. Pretty I'm 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 sick of um. I think I'm already sick of Mom Mosma's husband. You know, he's just oh, side. Yeah, he's a jerk. He's a real. <laughs> well, he, he, we already know he's part of the empire. He's kind of alluded to it. I mean, in that last episode, he kind of hinted as far right. as how where his stance was. So. Yeah. Hey, um, couples are breaking up all over the place over politics in the real world, man. It's a tragedy. Yeah. It's a tragedy when, out here. It's happened. So, I mean, it Mon, definitely makes sense. When Mon says to her buddy, uh, her friend Ty, Tay, yeah. don't, don't trust my husband. I don't trust him. Like, flat. He was like, oh, okay. So, she knows that he is already, you know. He's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Like whatever happens, he, 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 she's cutting him off because it's going to happen. Because where does she end up? Right. He, she's she's head of the rebellion. She is leading the entire charge to take down the empire. So her husband is is cannon fodder. I mean, yeah, yeah he's a placeholder. You know, I mean, <laughs> we, we're getting some um good um good revelations too like you know where they i guess did, didn't we get like a where they got married episode i mean i'm not yeah but you know scene and everything and how they Chandrilla got has arranged marriages yeah. like some right. societies yeah. in, in in human you know around the earth now in human history uh they're married at a younger age mm-hmm. um it seems like there's some sort of selection process but it, it really feels like arranged marriage that, that felt like the vibe like you didn't right, get yeah. to pick because she would have mm-hmm. picked that other guy if she maybe if she had a choice right um I love the there's this little Rick and Morty ish thing that happens with the Chandrill and champagne where they drop the worm and it goes and it's like and that's all the, <laughs> the you know what I mean the carbonation yeah. reminded me of a bit from Rick and Morty I, I thought that was a I thought that was really cool uh, I also thought it was funny that the Mon didn't drink like wouldn't drink the champagne she's like no yeah no thanks so I wonder and they why. said it was disgusting and they're like ah that's the point so of course it's right. gross. Is it is it me or is there something bigger with her daughter? Because now she keeps going missing and she keeps mentioning yep. her like something's wrong. Like she knows. So is her daughter doing something? I mean, that's a weird part because she's like, uh, have you seen her? I lost her now. And, you know, obviously she's at that age to where, you know, the teenage age to where she's like, you know, a little bit negligent. But yeah, I think, it's, I th- it's, I think it's, she has a bigger part to play. It's getting to the point where you're you're right. Um, every character means something, you know. If they're planting them there, it's a it's a Chekhov's character or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, Chekhov's right. daughter or whatever. Kind of like Chekhov's daughter. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. It, it, this this is how Lost was. I don't know, you know, you who who whoever who watched Lost on here. I, I quit watching after a couple seasons. So everything meant something, you know, and it led somewhere. Now, if you were disappointed on where it led to, that's on you, you know. Um, but it led somewhere. So it was a purpose. It wasn't just like um, a character was there just to be um, just to just to talk, you know, and they have like a red shirt, even though they did have like some, you know, a couple red shirts on there. But every character meant something. So the daughter. Um, yeah, they're there. She's going in and out of the frame. We're seeing her in and out of scenes and stuff. So I'm pretty sure she's going to I trust the girls to, to come up with something that will be real exciting for us to see some sort of betrayal or something, you know, regarding, you know, her, her, you know, her daughter and stuff. Also, she yeah, doesn't have, she doesn't like one or the other. She doesn't like her dad more than her mom. Mm-hmm. She kind of dislikes both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So yeah. um, <clears throat> in a family, like the child definitely has a, a, a preference. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
they don't and we all have kids right right we all have kids so you know your kids like one or the other a little bit more and down to brass tacks and we're talking about life or death yeah your kid is going to choose one of us (laughs) we're not putting this discussion on the internet Uh, I'm, no, I'm just I'm just putting it in context of the show. So she definitely it. has an allegiance to. I mean, it, in one sense, she likes her likes her mom for one thing, but on on another sense, her dad is more important to her because he's kind of like, yeah, go ahead, do whatever you want. And yeah, her mom is more of the the parent. So. There's something, I mean, I think you're right, DP. I think there's something there that they're going to throw at us that's going to be like, ah. Well, I think her daughter knows something's up because she tried to mention it to her about her friend mm-hmm. going missing right. and why yeah. does he keep coming around? So, yeah. and then she tried to ask her something, but then people came around and she just steered away. So I think she knows something a lot more than we're leading on to, or, or you know, I don't know. And I wonder how. How does she this, know more? This goes to how great a show is when you give it room to work, breathe and work and everything you know if this was truncated to like six episodes this probably would have been horrible you yeah. know mm-hmm. but given the room for 12 and everything um i mean it has room to breathe room to you know get more detail and stuff um my my, my mama's age uh she said she was like what 16 you know when she no, became, 15 when they married 15 yeah. when she well 15 when she was a senator when she was elected to the senate okay what was she in um episode was it three when when did we first see her and episode three she probably was like i don't know 30 something like that okay because she's probably like i I don't know how how do you think she is in um rogue one well in rogue one and then in in jedi because she looks like she's in her mid-ish maybe mid-ish 40s late 40s low 50s yeah, uh, we can we can look up how that actress is, I guess. But it's believable that she would be okay. I'm, I'm forty-five just, or fifty-ish, and you figure with their right. medical technology, they probably look ten years younger than they actually are by number. Right, you right. Get a little fudge space for them. <laughs> you <laughs> age the, in, in the in in this universe, like well, age, you you figure. Listen, time. if we could if we could run out and buy Bacta of Ole, I'm sure we'd all look. <laughs> Back quite road, quite man. different. <laughs> Down at Rite Aid. Wait, I'll be right back. I'll look like a teenager again. <laughs> Come right down to the ground looking. They got a Rite Aid on Tatooine. Back to Ole at the, at the <laughs> <Four hours>. Oh, man. oh, that's crazy. But no, man, yeah, this was definitely another great episode. And as we say, the train keeps rolling at eight out of eight. Um, yeah. And yeah, guys, as far as Coming up, you know, we have we have a big one for you guys. We're going to go ahead and review uh, the Tales of the Jedi, which was a short story series. That I mean, you know, the rate if you're hearing the ratings on the internet, I mean, positive ratings, they're not lying. I mean, arguably, this is maybe best Star Wars animation. Now, you know, as always, us being the nerds here will be debating yeah. that. Um, you know, coming up for you guys, but I don't think there's too much of a debate there. I mean, if you haven't seen it, I, I think they're like. 12 minutes each yeah. um yeah, so the, i mean yeah. it was like 19 minutes i didn't even yeah. get a chance to finish that but i i just previewed that and i was just like flabbergasted i was like wow this this does the rest of this look like you know this i cannot wait to watch it so yeah you we'll know. definitely get into that there's some um 
a lot of interesting points. You know, they're short stories, but I mean, there's a lot of changes to canon. You know, me and me and Hitch loves our canon talks. There's a lot of there's some retconning as well. So we have some character changes, a little bit. You know, a little bit of character changes that will lead further on down the line into this. You know, overall Felonyverse, if if we call it that. But uh, we'll say that for tomorrow, guys. What if there um, is? Definitely. What if that's how they do it? What if they give Felony his own thing and they say that's different and this is different? And now it's all man. Oh, man. You just hit on something there, teammates. I hope they're do, watching tonight. Do the, the, the right? DC thing, huh? Okay. Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this case oh, no. was settled. This case was settled. Piece of the pie, you know. Right. That case was settled. Yeah. There were sanctions. There were yeah. said enough of this. We can't. We're not doing that again. But that that definitely is something for you guys to check us out on Nerd Cyclopedia, on our Nerd Psycho Comic Flick Show. Definitely an interesting show. I mean, yeah, we'll have some. We'll, we'll have a Black Adam review coming up. Um, we'll discuss that, and I won't get into that yet. I'm not on the payroll, so. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, we could I'll, probably I'll I'll see yeah. it this weekend, so we could probably get into that like Monday yeah. or something. Yeah, Dushi Dushi will let you know. I don't know if you want to have him on the show, but because <laughs> me, me and Dushi are lined and he's you're on the Marvel payroll, so that'll be another discussion oh, for another day. Yeah, guys, you know the speaking the, of payroll, let's right? talk. No, I'm just kidding. Not doing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, no sponsor this week, guys. Unfortunately, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but awesome. yeah, guys, you know. No one. <laughs> definitely definitely keep your eyes peeled on facebook uh like i said we'll be back with a review on tales of the jedi and uh other than that we'll be back next week for another episode of andor so until you see us next this is the way this is the way, way.